Good morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. It's great to see everyone this morning. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. As I said, uh, we are glad that you've chosen to worship with us this morning. Uh, all, to all of our church members, our attenders, and all of our guests, uh, that we get to worship the Lord this morning as we sing to the Lord, as we worship the Lord uh, through the hearing of God's word today. So we are glad that you are here. And if you are looking for a way to connect or be a part of anything, if you need prayer, uh, if you need counsel, if there's anything you need, uh, this church, we will rise up uh, to, fulfill, to fulfill the needs and to serve as we've been called to serve. So if there's anything like that, uh, take this tear-off tab in your bulletin. And just fill it out and drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. And if you're a first-time guest, uh, please drop that in the offering bucket. Let us know that you came. Uh, we just want to let you know how glad we are uh, that you came to visit us this morning. So uh, if you would, at this time, I will uh, hand over uh, to David. I think uh, the choir, the summer choir, the summer <laughs> choir is, uh, is ready this morning for us. It's definitely a summer choir. We're glad to have all these folks behind me. They've done a good job of rehearsing for about five minutes. And uh, some of you should be up here. I look out here, and I'm not going to call names this Sunday, but next Sunday I might. <laughs> I see some of y'all should be up here. Anyway, we're going to begin our worship this morning by singing Worthy. Let's stand together as we sing. Thank you. 
the desire of our hearts this day is to truly praise and to worship you as Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the true and the living God. We praise you. We seek to glorify your name. And Father, we come with thanksgiving for how forgiving, how patient, how understanding you are. And when we confess our sins, you are quick to forgive us when we come in true repentance. Thank you for that great gift that you continue to give unto us because so often we find ourselves drifting and going away from the path that you have chosen us to walk in. And so we pray, God, for those this morning that have special needs in our congregation today. There are those that are in the process of grief. There are those with new grief. There are those that are walking through difficult times. Holy Father, not only them, but all of us need a fresh touch this morning. May we sense your presence and may we obey you. And throughout this next week, Lord, that we might lift high your name that we might walk with you in a manner that would bring glory and honor unto your name. Help us to always remember, God, that you love us, that you're working for our good and for your glory. We pray for our pastor as he shares his word this morning. May you speak to our hearts through him. Bless in this service. And may people come to know you as Savior and Lord. In Jesus' holy, precious name we pray. Amen.
certainly Jesus Christ will change our lives if we allow that to happen. We're going to stand again and sing, I Stand Amazed in the Presence. Let's stand together, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time we can gather in your house, Lord. We just thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy on us. Just thank you that we live in a country where we can gather in this house and, and praise you and sing songs to you and so forth and be free of all injuries. Just be with this offering now as we take it, Lord, that we can take these monies and continue your word throughout the town, the community, and the nation. And just be with us as we continue your worship. In Christ's name I ask, amen.
You all may already know Laurelie Findler. She joined our church how many months ago? A few? Six months, maybe. Made a great contribution to our choir. And she's our soloist this morning, so thank you, Laurelie, for singing. Savior, I come, quiet my soul, remember, redemption's hill, where your blood was spilled, for my ransom, everything I want. Held dear, I count it all as loss. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. became flesh, bore my sin and death. Now you're risen, and everything I once held dear, I count it all as loss. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Oh, lead me, lead me to the cross. And to your Won't you bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Oh, lead me, 
love poured out and won't you bring me to my knees lord i lay me down and rid me of myself i belong to you oh lead me lead me to the cross Thank you, Laura Lee. Thank you so much for that. That was an outstanding song. Open your Bibles to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 11. And you also want to pull your bulletin out here as well. Um, I wanted to share about an opportunity for you to be involved in here at our church. Um, we are on the, Lexington's located not far from a place called Eastern Kentucky. I guess Eastern Kentucky gets defined as if you're east of I-75. So I guess some of I-75 is uh, Lexington. Uh, I-75 does go through Fayette County, so some of Lexington is in eastern Kentucky, I guess. But eastern Kentucky is an area of our nation that's in great need. And we're playing a mission trip there. And uh, this mission trip is going to Letcher County. <clears throat> now what we will be doing is there's a couple that will be staying in a little town called Jenkins Jenkins, Kentucky. It is literally right on the Virginia line, right down there. Uh, it's between, uh, I think, Harlan County and Pike County down there next to Wise County, Virginia. And we're, there's a ministry. It's run through the uh, Kentucky Baptist Convention, and it's called God's Love from a Diaper Bag. Now, I would not name a ministry that, but what originally happened is it started out as an opportunity that this lady, lady and her husband named Lester and Bessie Mac peak run this ministry located there and it's just flourish and it's a lot more than diaper ministry and baby wipes but this is going to be really a food ministry where we that area the need is great there's no jobs the old coal mining village consolidated coal i think built the village and there's just the jobs in this whole community have dried up but um the kentucky baptist convention along with this ministry has built a mission house in a mission serving center and we'll leave on Thursday morning. And I'll tell you, if you look at your bulletin on the picture, that's Jenkins. That's, if you look closely, that's the little community there on your bulletin of Jenkins and their little city limit sign. But we will be going, we'll be leaving at 8 o'clock on Thursday, August 9th. And it takes about four and a half hours out in the country, drive out there in the mountains. And uh, we'll get there around lunchtime. And then that afternoon, we hope to bring a 20-foot enclosed trailer. I'm shopping for an enclosed trailer, so if you have one, I can borrow it for three days. And we'll work all day that afternoon, then go to some of their fine dining establishments. The, uh, the McPeaks told me there there's two places to eat from. There's Hardy's and a Mexican restaurant. So we'll pick from one of those places. <laughs> so then um, we will spend all day Friday working there. And what we will be doing is we're, we need bottled water they said it's like Mexico. You don't drink the water in Jenkins. It's just, it's not healthy. It's not safe. It tastes like chlorine. So I've never been to Mexico, but we won't, um, we won't drink their water. But we will be bringing water. So I'll be collecting water, and we will be uh, getting a lots of uh, food, and we'll be taking over there. And the way the ministry works is the need is great. A lot of times you can't really, when you're working with uh, extreme poverty, just setting up shops saying, come here at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the morning. A lot of folks don't have transportation. So these people, they've been doing ministry there for about 15, 20 years. So they know all the communities. And we won't be in Letcher County. We'll be working in some of uh, 
Pike County as well as Wise County, Virginia in the Pound area there in Virginia. So that's what this area... These folks, what I like about this ministry is we're going to connect these people to a local church. There's a community in, I guess it would be Western Pike County called Hellier. And they go to Hellier Baptist Church. What a, what a name for a community, Hellier. So uh, that's where they go to church at. So uh, we will be working with them and, uh, and connecting them to local churches and going out and delivering food in, in the community and sharing the gospel. And connecting. Great opportunity. We'll be there all day that Friday. Then about lunchtime on Saturday, the, uh, August 11th, we will drive back. So if you want to come on a two-night three-day mission trip. I think um, I might be bringing, I know I'm bringing Daniel Jr., maybe Elizabeth, so if you want to come watch my children and come down there with me, we're having a great time. You'll love it. Uh, we can take 24 people, so that's a, let me know. Uh, this is a great opportunity because you're reaching our state with the gospel, and we're also helping strengthen local churches and ministries, which is very good. So I wanted to, uh, sir, you'd be praying about that. Look at your calendars. A great three-day uh, trip to eastern Kentucky there in south, uh, southeastern uh, Virginia. I received a note in the mail. Dear Daniel and Sherry, anytime I guess Sherry's included in the note, it's a good note, and the family too, I hope you're doing well. This here, I'll let you know, it's from my deacon. Did you know we have, if you're a member of Broadway Baptist Church, you have been assigned a deacon. Do you know your deacon? Has your deacon mailed you a note? Mine came in the mail this week. <clears throat> I hope you're doing well. I wanted to say thank you for you and Sherry for your dedication and service of Broadway Baptist. We're thankful you're here. We want to let you know that I'm your deacon and for Deacon Family Ministry. Feel free to contact Sandy or I, anytime for anything at all. Love your deacon family, Keith and Sandy Gowdy. I love that about my deacon. He is available like God's available, anytime for anything at all. Gave me his cell phone number. I can text him at 3 a.m. We'll see if Keith's ready. <laughs> Keith's right. This here, we, where is Kevin? Where is Kevin Dye? Kevin's right here. If you do not know, he's our chairman of deacons. If you do not know who your deacon is, and your deacon, who has been assigned to you, is available anytime for anything at all, you need to come see me or Kevin Dye, and we will let you know, and your deacon needs to be mailing you a card like this, and they all have these uh, business cards as well with their cell phone numbers on them. So this is, thank you, Keith and Sandy Gowdy. I'm glad I know. I've got my deacon and his wife. They are always available for anything, anytime. Those are my kind of hours. <laughs> and about anything you want. So we are blessed to have wonderful men here at our church who serve deacons, and you need to know especially who well, your, that, the, your deacon who has been assigned to you. Open your Bibles, Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 here. We are preaching through prayer. This is a series here on prayer this entire summer, a summer series on prayer. We need to know what Jesus says about prayer, and we're about to see that. This is Luke's uh, account of what we call the Lord's Prayer. Earlier this year, I preached on the Lord's Prayer there in Matthew chapter 5. But this is what um, Jesus said about it here, and I want you to follow along in a little bit. We're going to flip over here and look here, um, um, Psalm chapter 66. 
in a little while. But first, we're going to read this uh, section here because this is teaching us about the model prayer. And then Jesus is going to tell, really, in many ways, a very unusual story. It's a story here that we don't really, um, we don't see, it's the only time it's listed in the scriptures, but it's one that certainly speaks to us about the importance of having boldness in our prayer life. Jesus Christ wants you to have a bold prayer life. Many of our prayer lives are like this. I found a blank blank notepad. Literally, we go to the Lord, and we get a notepad, and we we tell God everything we want and we need. And we say, God, I want this, and I need this, and don't forget this, and I need this amount of money. And it's literally just a list as if we're informing God of something He does not know. The great thing about our God is He already knows our need. He knows everything we need and what certainly you need, and He also knows what you do not need. And what's wonderful about this is the purpose of prayer is not so much for us to use a notepad and inform the Lord what we need in case He forgot. The purpose of prayer is for us to have a relationship with the Lord. It is actually, its purpose is to drive us to God. He doesn't care about so much of us informing Him of what we need. He cares about, does Daniel really love me? Does he want to know me? Does he want intimacy and closeness with God? That's the purpose of prayer. Anything you say to God in your prayer life, here he knows. It doesn't surprise him. So when we're about to see here in this, how Jesus is going to illustrate this, Luke chapter 11, verse 1, he was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. Now what's powerful about this passage here? These disciples, Jesus' 12 disciples, are begging Jesus, say, Jesus, we want to know how to pray. Do you know they did not ask how to preach? They did not ask how to teach Sunday school or how to heal people? They wanted to know how to have the prayer life that Jesus had. This is really the only thing the disciples in Scripture actually asked to learn. They wanted to learn prayer. And you have to remember, these are devout Jewish men. They knew all about prayer. They've been praying their whole life. So these aren't just lost folks off the street. These are church folks. These are folks who who knew their Bibles, but they also knew and they also witnessed that Jesus Christ, remember they saw Jesus in verse 1. They recognized this man has a devout prayer life. And Jesus made it noticeable. He spent time with his Father. So they're asking for this. And what's interesting about it is John the Baptist also had disciples. A disciple is a follower. Well, apparently John the Baptist taught his disciples, about prayer. So here's Jesus' disciples. They're saying, well, hey, John learned. He taught his guys about prayer. We need to learn about prayer. So this is what he said. He said to them, whenever you pray, say, Father, right there, we address God as Father. And what that means, when you call someone Father, that means you're His Son. There's a closeness. You're recognizing Him. He is not some distant God. Sherry's out of town, so uh, she's in Ohio, and um, I, uh, Daniel's in Alabama. I dropped him off yesterday in, in Nashville, halfway. So that meant I had to cook, which meant I went out to eat. So, <laughs> so uh, two nights ago, we had to uh, find some food, and uh, I like Shalosky's. So I went there, and that's around, it's a great place. So I went there, um, it's by the mall. I went through the drive-thru, um, 
So I go there and order the food. And I carry gospel tracts with me. Uh, and a lot of times, if I just depend on the situation, I, I give them out. I use the Billy Graham Steps of Peace with God gospel tract. So I was there, and the guy was real talkative, so I thought, this is a good, you know, this is a good person to give a gospel tract. He seems very receptive. So I gave him one, and I told him, sir, I want you to read this. It teaches you how to be saved. And this guy was real, um, most people aren't like this, but he was said, be saved? Well, tell me what God you believe in. Now, normally witnessing, I don't get that type of response. <clears throat> so he, uh, I, I shared with him, I said, I believe in the God that's, that's Jesus, the Father of Jesus. And he says, amen, brother, me too. So he went on telling me about it. This guy, was a, he went to Pentecostal church. He loved the Lord, and he was there, very charismatic. And he, he was someone who um, it, it showed as well. But I think what was powerful about it is in our, we started talking about Jesus because it took forever to have not a fast drive through. But anyway, it was worth it. It was better than cooking. So, I'm saying, um, so in the course of the conversation, he says, Sir, I want you to know the reason why I asked you that is because nowadays when someone talks about God, you don't know what God they're talking about. This is the guy's telling me this at the drive through two nights ago. So um, I, um, I agreed with him, and I thought, He's right. Jesus called God Father. He is not some distant God out there. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. He's your Father if you're saved. This is how the Lord's teaching us to pray, how we address. That is the first word Jesus used to address the Lord and to teach us. Now listen. If Jesus' disciples want to be taught how to pray, therefore you and I probably need to be taught how to pray. If it's important to them 2,000 years ago, it should be important to us today. So we address our Lord as Father. So when we pray in a little bit, we'll call Him that. Father, Your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not bring us into temptation. Now, he tells us this model prayer for us. But then he goes on, he's going to illustrate it. And here's the message, here's the main point that we're going to see here. God is much more inclined to hear us and to help us when we pray than earthly fathers are. Now, don't miss this. When we think of a word of a father... We think, obviously, of our biological or stepfather, someone like that. But what we're going to see in this passage, we're about to read, the story he's about to illustrate, what it really means to pray to a father in heaven is he's even better than an earthly father. We're going to see how wonderful our God is, and, and Jesus is going to use a parable to illustrate it. And it's a really odd parable. Verse 5, once you follow along in your Bibles, Luke eleven five. 5, read along with me. So he also said to them, here comes the story, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine is on a journey and has come to me, and I don't have anything to offer him. Now, I want to illustrate this. <clears throat> All of a sudden, um, you come, let's see here, um, <clears throat> Bob Tanner comes and visits me at my house last night, this morning at midnight, and woke, it woke me up. I'm thinking, my goodness. And I finally come to the door, and I let him in, and he says, Daniel, I'm, I just came to visit. I'm, I'm really hungry. Uh, do you have any food? 
say, well, Bob, you're kind of the church cook already. You cook all the food here for the, for the breakfast and everything, but he's here at midnight wanting food for me. So I'm thinking, okay, I need to uh, go find him for some food because I didn't bake any because Sherry's out of town and I ate Schlossy. So it's tough times at the Osmond house, but we're going to have to go, go find, uh, find something. So what happens is I go and I'm going to go find one of my neighbors and I'm going to go ask them for some food. So what happens? I know where Sonny Cloyd lives. I said, Bob, you stay right here. I'm gonna, I'll be right back. I'm going to run down to Sonny's house. Sonny and Sandy are good people. They, get by, they buy the church food all the time. I'll be right back. I'll have you some food to be a good host. I go knock on Sonny's door. And Sandy wake, it wakes up everybody. And I'm standing there saying, Sonny, Sandy, I'm so glad y'all came to the door. I know it's already 1230, but Bob's at my house and we need some food. You know, Sonny's going to think, this guy has lost it. What on earth? <laughs> that's, that's what, that's what uh, Sonny's going to think of me. So um, let's read along here. So that's where we're at. I'm knocking on the door. Verse 7, Then he will answer from inside and say, This is Sonny speaking to me. Daniel, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my, my children, in Sonny's case, his grandchildren and I, have gone to bed, and I can't get up and give you anything. So I thought, he's such a nice man at church. What happened? <laughs> he's not going to give me anything. And the, I just woke up the whole house. Even the dog's barking. I woke up everyone. They have a dog. and It's barking. But in verse 8, it says here, I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, Sonny's, not gonna, Sonny's my friend, but he's not going to give me anything because he's my friend. Because I'm an annoying friend at this point. Yet because of his friend's shameless boldness. Do not miss that passage, Broadway. His shame. I mean, Sonny and Sandy, I'm a shameless man at 1230 at night now, knocking on their door, waking up the whole neighborhood, getting some bread for Bob. I mean, that's a shameless man. That's a Garth Brooks song, shameless. It's named after this. Boldness. He will get up and give him as much as he is. This point, son, he's like, damn, you get all the bread you want. Just get, go home. I'm, I'm done. You, you, I'm going back to bed here. You take the whole kitchen. You and Bob have a great party. Whatever y'all are going to do, a bachelor's party. since Sherry's out of town. Y'all are going to have a good time. That's how Jesus described a prayer life. And then he goes on to say in verse 9, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For anyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What Jesus just illustrated in this story. And 2,000 years ago, in Israel, they didn't have five or six different rooms in their house. They had one room. So everyone slept in one, one room. You put the kids to bed. You put the... Uh, uh, you, you and your wife go to bed right there, and you've got everybody, the dog, the cow, everybody's right there with you sleeping in the one little room. So if someone comes in and knocks on your door at midnight, it wakes up everyone. And especially someone who's just relentless, who's just happy and joy, he's shameless boldness, and he's going to do whatever it takes. He doesn't care what you think of him. He wants some bread at midnight. So... You're not giving them bread. All of a sudden, when I'm knocking on Sonny's door, my friendship stock is tanking with Sonny because he's thinking, what kind of friend? And that's now debatable whether Daniel and I are even friends. 
But just because you're standing here like a crazy man wanting food in the middle of the night, I'm going to give it to you. Because you're bold and you're shameless. You have this pursuit that you're not giving up. My job, if my friend Bob Tanner comes to my house and I don't have any food to give him, I'm going to go find it. And I, don't, I'm just giving, I can't find from Sonny's house, I'll go to Rodney's house. I'm going somewhere to find some bread for Bob. And I'm going to be shameless about it and bold. That is how God illustrates our prayer life. And I want you to understand what I'm talking here. We're not talking about bread. We're talking about if I know of a need. Laura Lee has a need here. So what do I do? I shamelessly take it to my Father in heaven. I don't hold back anything. I just go to Him over and over and over again, requesting that need. And I'm coming to the throne in heaven with the attitude is, God, I know how great you are. You're like my deacon. You're always available 24-7, and I can come to you about anything. And I don't care how shameless I have to be. I'll do it. That is how Jesus is illustrating, church, our prayer life should be. We should feel comfortable about going to the Lord with any and everything towards Him. With holding back nothing. You don't care what people think. You have a great God who you can call Father. In fact, the Father invites you. You say, come to me. You tell me whatever you need. Now, Sherry's out of town, so... What if I got a phone call from her tonight? And she says, Dan, I'm so glad to talk to you. Man, I've just had a really busy and heavy and tough day. But I just don't want to. I know it's 1030 at night and you're back from the Voice of Praise trip. But I don't want to bother you with telling you about how hard it was with the children in Ohio. Now, what if I responded? And she said she didn't want to bother me. And that's all I heard. I heard the word bother. I said, well, thank goodness, Sherry, because I don't want you to bother me either. (laughs) I'm tired. I've been gone all day. In fact, it's best that we go to bed. So it's time to get off the phone. I hope you have a better day tomorrow. Click. Now, what if I responded like that? Because she said she didn't want to bother me, and I took her up on her offer. Now, is that how... You respond to your, not just your wife, really about anybody. Of course not. Nobody. You, you would be in trouble. Sure, you wouldn't be coming home. She'd be staying in Ohio if I said something like that. <laughs> I'm not coming back after that. But God is literally, our Lord never responds that way. He's actually saying, you come, come bother me. Come, I, want, I want shameless boldness. Boldness. You come bother me with anything you want. It, I, I won't, I invite you to bother, God is inviting you to bother him. That is literally what this parable is saying. That's the invitation. No matter what time of the night, no matter how silly and ridiculous and extreme it is. So it says, you have to be his friend. You just come, I'll take it. That's the illustration he's saying. If you seek, you will find what you're looking for. It's a picture of the Lord, of a passion that, hey, I'm inviting you. You want to prevail in your prayer life? 
You bring it to God. He wants you. And look here, last thing. He even illustrates what a good father is like. Last verses we'll see here. Verse 11, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? I mean, what if, that's like, what if I'm knocking on Sonny's door? I thought, I thought he's my friend. I'm asking for some fish to help feed Bob Tanner, and he's giving me a rattlesnake and bites me. I mean, look, nobody, your father, friends don't do that. Who, do you give your children a snake so it bites them? He's saying, well, even, that's not, or in verse 12, where he asks for an egg, he'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, you know, God, you know, Jesus is even saying, guys, you're evil, not, you, some of you aren't even good people here. But even evil people know not to give snakes to um, little children and scorpions. If you who are even evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Do you want the Holy Spirit this morning? you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? There's your verse. God's saying, you come to me shamelessly. I will fill you with the Holy Spirit. I won't hold anything back. I don't, God doesn't hand out snakes. He doesn't give scorpions. He's not rude. He's, he invites folks to Him. Middle of the night. He's always available. Shameless boldness. Is his story. I want to show you. Keep your finger here. Luke chapter 11. Flip back in your Bible to Psalm 66, verse 18 and 19. Because I want to show you why we don't pray. This is why we don't have this. This is why we don't go to the Lord like this story here. And we, we hold back from God. What happens to the Lord is sin in our life prevents us from appearing to God. And David cries out here, Psalm 66 Verse 18, he makes it very aware, very knowledgeable of the danger of lack of prayer and and sin of our life. It says here, verse 18, If I had been aware of malice, which is sin, if I had been aware of sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If I had been aware of sin in my heart, malice, iniquity, However, God has listened. He has paid attention to the sound of my prayer. Blessed be God. He has not turned away my prayer or turned His faithful love for me. We go to God. I want to tell you, you know what prevents most of us in our prayer life? We have sin. We have unconfessed sin. We have something we're embarrassed or we're ashamed. And we think by not going to God... By avoiding Him, by saying, God, let me get right first, and then I'll come to you. But the great thing with that verse is He does listen. Sin keeps us from coming to God. Many of us do not come to the Lord with a shameless boldness because you have unconfessed and unrepentant sin in your life. I went for the first time in my life and toured the Ryman Auditorium. And I want to tell you what happened. I don't know if you've been down there. It's in downtown Nashville. The Ryman Auditorium came about from a famous evangelist who I actually have studied and know all about. He's a man named Sam Jones from Cartersville, Georgia. Lottie Moon also served there in Cartersville, Georgia. He served at a little, a little church and a, a taught school. <clears throat> Sam Jones was a famous evangelist in the late 1800s and traveled around the early 1900s and preached. And A lot of folks got saved. A great time. A lot of revivals, a great move of God happened at that turn of the century over 100 years ago. 
Well, what happened was Nashville in the 1880s, 1890s, it has the Cumberland River right there. It was becoming a boom town. Well, and there was a man named Thomas Ryman. He owned a lot. He was a, a trader, a shipper, and he was a very wealthy and prominent man there in Nashville. And he was lost. Well, back in the good old days, 125 years ago, what would happen is preachers, you have these circuit-riding evangelists and preachers, and they would set up their portable tents right there at downtown. And anytime you have shipping and sailors, you're going to have a lot of carrying on and drinking and partying going on. So uh, at the same time, that also attracts preachers. So sure enough, Sam Jones said, we need to have a revival because there's a lot of wildness going on in Nashville in the late 1800s. So he went down there and he set up a little tent and started preaching to drunk folks and just whoever there, right there, off the river at night on the weekends, and folks were getting saved. Well, and he, he was starting to get a little crowd together, and a renowned evangelist. Well, this guy, Thomas Ryman, he heard about this famous preacher, Sam Jones, and he thought, well, I'm going to go to it. He was not a believer, and he was a skeptic, and he was going to go there as a heckler to make fun of, 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 make fun of Sam Jones, to just to mock him, go to, the, go to the tent to make fun of him. Well, sure enough, he went, and Thomas Ryman got saved that night. He came one time to the surface. The Spirit of God spoke to him. The Spirit of God touched him. He walked the aisle and gave his life to Jesus right there in the, under a tent. And God at that night placed on him, because they're meeting, I mean, they're meeting under a tent, blazing hot heat and everything. God placed, this is a wealthy businessman. God placed on Thomas Ryman's heart that he should be, um, he should build a building for, uh, for the revivals that are always taking place for Sam Jones. So he pledged $100,000. Now, $100,000, that many years ago, was millions of dollars today. It was in the late 1800s. So he pledged to build this building, and they built the building, and it was called the Union, um, a, a Union Gospel Tabernacle. And it was the place that Thomas Ryman built for Sam Jones to come preach to all the people in Nashville. And they... And then they had built first floor, then they added a balcony, and thousands and thousands of people started attending and started getting saved. And it ended up becoming, after Thomas Ryman passed away, they renamed it in his honor the Ryman Auditorium. It went from the Union Gospel Tabernacle to the Ryman Auditorium. Now, this is in the early 1900s. Well, what happened is they started letting uh, music, music come in and... Um, you all know the story, Grand Ole Opry ended up there in the 1940s. But what was powerful about it is you read the history of this place. Some of America's greatest evangelists had crusades and revivals at the Ryman Auditorium. And I was thinking yesterday, I'm standing and looking at a place that literally thousands of people have gotten saved at this altar here, on the stage, right there out front, over the years. Billy Sunday, Dwight Moody, Sam Jones, Billy Graham. You just go on down the list. Once they had this, oh, this annual Southern Baptist Convention there. And in fact, in 1950 even, at this place, the local they used to, Baptist Campus Ministries used to be called Baptist Student Union if you were in college back then. Baptist Student Union had, in 1950 got 20 little schools together and said, let's have a big uh, campus outreach and we'll rent the Ryman Auditorium, and we'll invite evangelists to come. And they did that. 5,000 people packed in. 
And I was reading, the, you could walk there on the wall and read about it. And then 1,000 were turned away, they weren't seating. And 350 college students were saved. That was just 68 years ago. And you literally are touring something. And you think, what a historical significance of gospel preaching and revival right here. But do you know in the past few decades, there hasn't been revivals at the Rhyme anymore. I used to live in Atlanta. In Atlanta, they built something called the Baptist Tabernacle. It was built in 1910, right there on Lucky Street in downtown. Now it's a bar and a nightclub. And I share this because what once can start with such wonderful beginnings of gospel preaching and revivals of folks getting saved, it can easily twist and turn to becoming a concert hall and a place, instead of repenting and turning to sin, it's a place to sin. I want you all to know, we live in a day, we live in a time, if we are not crying out to God, churches, institutions that were once places for folks getting saved and the gospel going out turn into museums, turn into housing, turn into nightclubs, turn into condos. Listen, Jesus is telling us, last week we sang about it. We live in a wonderful country. God has blessed America. It is amazing to see how far in 120 years, from the late 1800s, Really how gospel-centered America was, how it is today. Listen, Nashville, I was down there. That place needs to turn. They need another Sam Jones. It's a nightlife bar community. It's just like Lexington. Liquor stores everywhere. Nightclubs. And they call honky-tonks, literally, they're called that. Right there. And I share this not to make fun of other cities, to show that we are literally living in the same time People there in Nashville, they weren't nobody was worshiping the Lord at the Ryman Auditorium. It was a history museum of the past. And I share this because this we are reminded when we read this how Jesus is just in heaven. The Lord is saying, "Call upon me. I won't give you a snake or a scorpion. You want revival for America? You want change? You want to see folks saved again? Are you praying to the Lord?" For Him to send revival and to speak the Holy Spirit in your life. Last verse, I go back to Luke chapter 11. Look at this. We're going to end on this verse because I don't want y'all to miss this. Verse 13. Luke eleven thirteen. In closing, I want you to see this. If you then, who are evil, and so yes, if you're evil here this morning, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father, that's God's name, the Father, Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him, do you want the Holy Spirit this morning? Do you want the Holy Spirit to move in America again? Do you want the Holy Spirit to return to days of the great evangelists of Sam Jones and seeing Baptist Tabernacles and the Gospel Tabernacle or Gospel um, Union Gospel Tabernacle there where folks will come not to party but to get saved? I mean, they're turning folks away. There's so many people. Church, there's some of us, we've just given up and you just look down their, their walk there and say, wow, that's a blast from the past. That's just this is a different day. No, God has not changed one bit. He has not changed a single inch. 
God hasn't changed. It says here, He will give His Holy Spirit to anyone who asks. Why? Because He's a good Heavenly Father. He doesn't give us snakes and scorpions. Someone calls upon the Lord, He answers those prayers, and He gives His Spirit to them. Folks can get saved even more so today than yesteryear because there's more people. There should be bigger revivals, bigger crusades, bigger churches with God doing mighty things, great youth crews, great college ministers. No reason not to believe it. We can't manufacture worship. Like as great as you can plan something to happen, you can't make it happen. How does it happen? It happens upon shameless boldness calling upon the Lord. But I want to tell you, I just don't think folks are doing it today. Truthfully, we're too busy. Our intimacy and closeness and relationship with the Lord is lacking in this area. And it's not that we're doing anything necessarily anything bad. We've got a million and one other things we're doing. I want to tell you, that mission trip next month to um, uh, Jenkins, if we don't ask God to bless it, He won't, and we'll just end up there doing whatever. But do you know a great thing could happen over three days when you shamelessly come to God and ask Him for His sin, the Holy Spirit, to see great things occur. Listen, if He can do it in Nashville, He can do it in Lexington. If He can do it in Atlanta with their Baptist tabernacle, He can do it here. It takes shameless boldness. Three final things we're going to put up on the screen. In closing, we're going to have our invitation here. I'm going to close in prayer, and we're going to pray to God as Father. Prayer is not natural. This is what Jesus said. It has to be taught and learned. That's important. Jesus' disciples, they came to Him and said, Teach us to pray. God, teach me to pray. Teach the folks here. Lord, I want to learn to pray. How do you learn to pray? You learn to have that shameless boldness, not like you're knocking on Sonny's Chloe's door at 12 at night. And you don't care what he thinks. You've got a big smile wanting some bread. And you, just don't, nothing, you hold back nothing to God. It's not natural. Our sinful nature, we, because of our pride and sin, we do not want to pray. We have to learn and be taught to pray. Number two, God doesn't want us to pray giving Him reminders. We do not give Him a notepad. This is not, a notepad is not a prayer life. It's a relationship with Him. We don't go to God's prayers and say, God, I need this, this, and this. God knows your needs. He's there. He wants you. He wants a closeness as a child and son and a daughter of God. He wants you to call upon Him as Father. He wants, you to, he wants to be able to give His Holy Spirit to you. And number three, I love this because I want us to end on this. Because I, this is the key point. God invites us to bother Him in everything. Everything. I can bother my deacon now, I know, about anything, anytime, about whatever. God is saying the same thing to you. He's inviting me. Middle of the night, you just come and knock on the door, we'll wake the whole house up, the dog, the cat, and the neighbors. Have a great time, and I'll give you all the food you want. And you'll get a blessing. Come on over. That's what he's saying. Just come bother me. I'm waiting for my children, for my wife, for my family, for my grandchildren. They're always welcome. 
I want to tell you, the problem with some of our relationship that with the Lord, we, we don't bother God at all. I'm telling you, if you are only bothering the Lord from 1045 to noon on Sunday mornings, that's not much of a relationship with Jesus. You don't have a close walk with Him for an hour and 15 minutes. If that's, if that's your father, you get an hour and 15 minute dad a week. And those are only the weeks you come to church. God is inviting you all the time. I want to lead us in a prayer. It's our season of prayer. And I want you to walk away thinking, God, I want to start bothering you. I want to start coming and having that shameless boldness. I want to start viewing you, God, as my Father and using that Word to address Him. Father, we pray to You right now that we are just, we need You. Lord, we don't come to You with a notepad of requests. Lord, we want You. God, fill us with Your Holy Spirit, as verse 13 says. Lord, if we have sin in our heart, like Psalm 66, 18, Lord, we repent of it. Purify us of that. Lord, help us to view You as our Father in Heaven, who's just inviting us anytime to the throne. Lord, help us... Will you remind us, Lord, that You are not some distant God. You are close. You are here. You are always available. Father, we pray this morning that we walk out of here remembering that You is an invitation from You to saying, Daniel, I'm here. I'm available. I want You. God, we, we lay ourselves at the altar. Lord, as we have this time of invitation, we know that there's, there's no decision that, that, that should ever be held back. There's no reason not to put you first. Lord, you invite us. You want shameless boldness. Lord, teach us to pray. Father, show us what it means to know You as Father, and not just reciting prayers or just going over a, a prayer list. Lord, it's a relationship. It's so much more. Lord, this invitation, it's all about You. Father, we give this time to You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We close every worship service here at Broadway out with an invitation. This is Your time to respond to our Heavenly Father. We never can... He always invites us to bother Him. So it's never a bother to respond to the invitation. You can join our church this morning. You come forward and get saved. Just like Thomas Ryman got saved there under a tent with Sam Jones preaching in downtown Nashville 120 years ago. You get saved anywhere, anytime. I want to invite us to stand. David Dale is going to sing us, lead us in our song. We're going to sing hymn number 550, Footsteps of Jesus. I'll be standing down front waiting for you. Sweetly, Lord, have we heard thee calling, come follow me. Oh, goodness. Hey, let's pray about that. That's sad. It's unfortunate. I don't remember. It's sad, and it's happening everywhere. God, I just pray for these two churches right now here for Roy.
Here, I want to share a couple of things uh, real quick before y'all are dismissed. This afternoon, uh, Zach and Beth Bauer, they're going to have a baby boy. And the due date is the 27th of July, but their baby shower, we're hosting a baby shower for them. Zach, will you raise your hand, Beth, right there? Uh, he read our scripture here. Uh, everybody's, uh, all the ladies are invited. You need to come. Uh, it's going to be a, from 2 to 4, 2, or four, two to 4.30 there in the fellowship hall. Uh, entrance B downstairs is directly below us, so everybody's invited. All the ladies are certainly invited uh, to participate in that this afternoon. So it's a great blessing. I remember uh, uh, our church, Sherry and I, when we had our first Sunday on Junior, our church had a baby shower, and we got, uh, uh, it was a great blessing. So we want to certainly be the same to Zach and Beth for that. Also, tonight, I'm going with Voice of Praise, and we're going to Owington, Owington Kentucky. I've never been there, so it'll be a, a neat day trip. I'm going to be up there. So Todd Burris will be preaching tonight. Todd's a former pastor there of a church called Thomas Thompson Road Baptist Church there and uh, right there next to the distillery district and you'll get a great blessing for him uh, hearing him it'll be tonight at six o'clock I hope you can make it <clears throat> Ken Marshall he passed away three four days ago Ken uh, was a member of our church a faithful uh, servant of the Lord and he, our fu the, his funeral service is going to be here in this sanctuary on Tuesday at two o'clock and then we're going to be feeding the family afterwards so uh, um, uh, Carol, their boys, just a wonderful family. So I want to invite you, if you're available, Tuesday at 2 o'clock, it'll be right here um, uh, for that. It'll be a home-going service. Also, um, we have a hospital um, ministry. I think we call it Hug Buddies is what we call the, our hospital in the nursing home ministry. And they, uh, sew, um, they We give out blankets, but if you're able to sew labels on blankets... Um, uh, Adrian Carroll was mentioning to me that they need some people who can sew. So if you're able to help out with this ministry, we have several uh, ladies that go and uh, drop off blankets at uh, hospitals and nursing homes, and we, we have little labels we sew in there. But if you know how to sew, just let myself or Miss Adrian Carroll know, and we can certainly uh, connect you to the right person on how to help out with that. Uh, David? We're going to close by singing All That Thrills My Soul. Oh, that thrills my soul is 